It's the Hoffman Show. We're on the Team 980. Uh, we're always live as well on the free Odyssey app. We will, we're going to reschedule with Mitch. Uh, and Good for 6.30 for Mitch. Is he good? Okay. So we'll, we'll talk to Mitchell Tischler coming up at 6.30 uh, about the Commander's coaching staff. But uh, just before the hour break, we got word that any moment in Kansas City, there will be a police briefing on the shooting today that happened at the Chiefs Parade. Uh, if you are just getting out of work and you haven't really heard anything about this, there were shots fired near the end of the Chiefs celebration today in Kansas City near the Union Station area. There's one person already confirmed dead by Kansas City police, uh, somewhere between 9 and 15 others injured. There's also been some reports that many of them uh, were children. Uh, this was near Children's Mercy Hospital in Kansas City. Um, so we will get confirmation uh, or an update on that any moment when the police take to the podium. Uh, we have our eye on the news channels now. Uh, CNN specifically is where we're going to get our feed from. So uh, thanks to them for for the live coverage. So when uh, right now they've got like a panel of people, they had an empty podium moments ago, but when that they go back to the podium and there is uh, someone in front of it, we will uh, take you live to Kansas City and get the latest updates. This uh, from the Kansas City Chiefs organization uh, just a little bit ago. We are truly saddened by the senseless act of violence that occurred outside of Union Station at the conclusion of today's parade and rally. Our hearts go out to the victims, their families, and all of Kansas City. We're in close communication with the mayor's office as well as the Kansas City Police Department. At this time, we have confirmed that all our players, coaches, staff, and their families are safe and accounted for. We thank the local law enforcement officers and first responders who were on scene to assist. Um, in terms of the sports world, obviously tremendously scary uh, on that front. And look, you know, people are people, whether they're connected to sports or not. Um, the fact that the the person who died today had was not a member of the Chiefs organization or a friend or a family uh, and was just there to be a fan doesn't make it any less tragic uh, in any sense. But this is something that hit the sports world, obviously, particularly hard because of the event that it was at. Um, you had you know, thousands upon thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of Chiefs fans there. I saw Matt Miller, who's from the Kansas City area, say that he had to text his family to be like, are you guys okay? Um, you know, Fox Sports 1 had a set set up, and Nick Wright, um, who is a Kansas City guy, was there, and his family's there. And, you know, they he tweeted out, like, hey, we're all okay. Like, we, the Fox Sports 1 crew on set, had to to pull had to you know go hide. Tom Pelissero, NFL Network said like their crew was pulled out uh, to go uh, hide and, and make sure that they were safe. And so it's just it, it's a reminder of like these people that I, I guess the reason I bring that up is like someone like Nick, someone like Tom, uh, these players, these coaches, like these are people that we know. And uh, if they were to suddenly disappear because they were victims of gun violence, like we would feel that tragedy in a different way. But Obviously, uh, the loss of life is the loss of life, and um, there's at least one family feeling that tragedy today. We'll get more in just a moment from Kansas City. Um, I, I also just, you know, I, I'm not going to do a whole commentary on this, at least today, um, we, in part because to do commentary when we don't have all of the facts would not be correct. Um, the one thing that I can safely say, no matter what happened, whether this was a terrorist attack, whether this was a, a interpersonal argument that was happening with nothing to do with the parade is this celebration of joy all of a sudden is ruined by gun violence and whether it had been gun violence, knife violence, uh, whatever, like I think where we are now with especially gun violence in America with the prevalence of it is 
we may all disagree on the solutions for these problems, but I, I hope that it doesn't take many more of these and them to happen in a grocery store, at a parade, at whatever, to realize that like we gotta we gotta work on something to make this happen less. And again, do I have thoughts on that? Absolutely, I do. Um, is this the forum on a sports talk show as we await a press conference? following a shooting at a, at a Super Bowl parade to necessarily express that? Uh, no. Um, you know, you guys come to me for takes on the commander's coaching staff. You don't come to me for my political thoughts, and I understand that. There are times that I think they intersect in a way that it's meaningful, and I'm not going to say I'm never going to talk anything that is political on the show because I think politics is life. Uh, and politics, policy is life. Like, again, I've, I've said this before. If you think, like, political policies don't affect your life, then go drive down the street and see the speed limit. Like, politicians decided what that speed limit would be. Like it has an effect on all of us in ways that are micro and macro. Um, but the fact that you could be anywhere in America and be touched by gun violence, no matter what you think the solutions are, I think is something we can all agree on needs to, needs to get rectified. And, um, you know, we, I, I hope that we can have civil discussions about what it would be if things were different in some capacity, um, what those capacities are again, is a, is a debate for a different show at a different time. And, but at, at the end of the day, like this is just a reminder that we do have a problem. Um, and if you look at the, the data and the statistics from around the world, our, our problem is pretty unique here in this country. And um, in some ways there is a, um, I don't know the word I want to use here, but there's, there is an appropriateness, I guess, of it happening at this incredibly uniquely American event with it being a Super Bowl parade. Um, and so, you know, this, this American celebration of joy, this American celebration of happiness of community gets, gets turned on its head into this tremendously sad and tragic American tragedy. Um, and it's just, it's just brutal. Um, it just, I, I don't, again, I don't have many more words cause what, what do you say? Um, what do you say at a time like this? Um, again, the, the police briefing was supposed to begin about 10 minutes ago, um, in Kansas city. Um, uh, Anthony, let's, let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll either talk to Dave Johnson from new Orleans, or we will get the police briefing. If we decide to just go forward with the show and talk to Dave, um, then we will let you know the updates on what they said before we talk to Mitch Tischler coming up. At 6.30, it's the Hoffman Show. We're on the Team 980 and always live on the free Odyssey app. It's the Hoffman Show on the Team 980, always live as well on the free Odyssey app. Uh, we got about 10 minutes here with Dave Johnson one more time before the All-Star break, so uh, let's get into it, shall we? Time to get the radio party started. Blocked by Bilal Kulabali. Oh, boy, did he stuff him. Left wing pull, it's wow. there. Oh, that's a pool party. Yeah, the basket slam right there. Intercepted by Kispert. Kispert now foul line. Oh, slam. Ooh, that'll jar your preserves. It's time for Dave Johnson on a Wizards game day. Kuzma for three. Oh, it's there. It's there. Big, big shot. On the Hoffman Show. Dave with us from New Orleans. Uh, Dave. How are you, sir? And when did you guys get into New Orleans? Have you had a chance uh, to to, uh, to properly eat in that fine food city? Well, I, I did, but I'll, I'll disappoint you with that. We got in yesterday, and, and you, you might have heard a rumor about Fat Tuesday and, and Mardi Gras. And 
Oh, like yeah. Two, yeah. Yeah, two blocks from where I was. There was like 700,000 people having a good time. But you can trust if there's a good time to be had, I'm probably two blocks away from it. So I, I did not partake <laughs> in any, any of that. But I did have uh, – I was forced into – I know it sounds like a big sacrifice – forced into trying a hurricane, which is a, a drink oh. uh, down here. Yeah. And yeah. so I, I, I just – you know, in the emphasis or, or under the auspices of research, I, I did have one hurricane – uh, just to say, I was here in New Orleans. Um, how how are I, you I, doing it, today after that hurricane day? No, I just I just had one. I just okay. had that's all I had. But yeah, this town. You know, when I sat down to breakfast this morning, I saw cocktails on the menu <laughs> next to oh, the yeah. eggs and bacon. I thought, you know, this this town definitely likes likes to party. So there's there's no question they like a a good time here. As I look at a a, a nice plaque, uh, 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 which is a tribute to Fats Domino and his song Walking. Uh, to New Orleans. But yeah, this is, uh, you can have a lot of fun in the city, but this, this, honestly, I'm not just saying that in case somebody in our accounting department's listening, this is very much a business trip for me. So all my expenses are legit. There you go. Uh, Well, if you guys are not flying back because of All-Star, like uh, first thing, you know, after the game tonight, you have breakfast there tomorrow morning. uh, I would highly recommend the Ruby Slipper. Fantastic uh, outfit. I can also text you some other recommendations. Uh, my favorite favorite food city in America. I'm now excited a year away uh, thinking about going to the Super Bowl there next year. Um, so, yeah, may, that could be fun. Anthony, now we're talking about a trip. Could we go to the Super Bowl and then stay for Mardi Gras, Fat Tuesday? Yeah. yeah. I'm down. That's what you guys should do. That's what you guys should do. And maybe... Maybe I'll, somehow I'll tag along because you guys sound like you get a lot of fun at Radio Road this year in Las Vegas. So Yeah, we did, uh, and Anthony again. didn't even come. Imagine if he comes next year, Dave. That would be no. That would be amazing. Uh, the party. But no, I'll, I'll save Ruby Slipper for next year because we're, we're out of here right after the game tonight. After, uh, look, I think this team can, can snare a win. This, it's building up when you think about, you know, the way they played against the, the Celtics on the road, uh, the Sixers, Dallas early Monday night. Uh, it, it just fine margins. You, you make a few shots in the fourth quarter, and, and at the t- same time you got stops. That, that game could have been different. So, um, there's a real energy in, in progress. It's almost, it's, it'll be good to have a break, but in some ways the way they're playing, uh, it's a shame that it has to stop tonight. Yeah, no doubt. Um, unfortunately, uh, the news just out a little bit ago, that Kyle Kuzma is not going to play tonight. He's sick. That obviously makes the task harder, but generally speaking, Dave, you talk about that competitiveness level. And we talked about when they made the move to Brian Keefe, they just needed a new voice. What have you seen that new voice uh, pull out of this team that maybe uh, had run a little bit stale earlier in the year that is causing these much more competitive games as of late? Well, and again, I don't think it's anything against West Unsell, but I think it's just human nature. You, you suddenly, when there's a jarring shakeup, uh, you know, the, the accountability smacks you in the face. And, um, and, and so I, I think... As Denny has talked about, a lot of players talk about they're, they're being using that word accountable. You know, better first of all in, in one-on-one defense. You can have all the defensive schemes you want, but if you don't if you don't stop at the point of attack, then you're just scrambling. And that's that's quite frankly what was happening to the Wizards. You know, a lot of the season, and then that that you know impacts the rebounding. When you look at why the, the Wizards don't have more wins, it's 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 because of if as I said, we've talked ad nauseum. If, if you're going to get out-rebounded, you better out-three-point shoot the other team. It's a simple math equation. And, you know, that hasn't happened, obviously. So uh, that's the, the trade-off when you think, all right, the Wizards aren't a good rebounding team, but if they can make 15 or 16 threes, they can win some games. And that's, that's not been – well, that's, you know, that's 15 or 16 threes a game is, is puts you at the top of the NBA. But <laughs> my point is making more than they have been uh, on average. But you think about 
uh, Monday night against the Dallas Mavericks. And that's, that's an elite team. Uh, Luka Doncic, Kyrie Irving, um, uh, the way they defended throughout that game. And, yes, you're going to look at the, the stat line, and Luka Doncic, I think, still had 100 assists or whatever he had. But, uh, you know, they did make other players try to, to, to beat them. And uh, they played it. The key here is they, they really did play it for 48 minutes. Uh, you know, I, I'm just thinking about that game. You know, there's, there's, you're down by six. You get a stop. Uh, and, and you miss a three that would have cut the lead in half. It was just – but, it, you know, that's what happens. It, it often, especially when you're up against a team like Dallas, they're the ones that, that will find a way to close it, and we're still not there yet. Uh, but, but the, you know, what Kyle Cruz also said post-game, I thought was interesting, that, you know, they were throwing defenses out there that they hadn't even practiced uh, yet, and yet uh, they were doing it and trying it and – um, so I, I think it, 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 it's exciting what's going to happen in the final, whatever it is, 20-plus games. You know, they're just going to go out. They're going to scrap. Uh, you're going to see guys, you know, this will be, after we get back from the All-Star break, the final audition um, uh, for many guys to, to what the decision process will be in the summer. So, um, you know, that bodes well for a Wizards team that, by the way, will finally have a home advantage in terms of the number of home games versus road. Now, I say that right after the All-Star break, we start in Denver and Oklahoma City. Congratulations. But, but eventually, <laughs> we're going to get some home games. So Yeah, back right back on the plane you go, Dave. Uh, Dave Johnson with us here for another minute or two. Um, you know, you're with this team, obviously, on the road uh, and, and everywhere they go. And I think it would be pretty obvious to most people, and it would be correct on most teams to say that if you've won nine of your first 50 whatever games this has been, it's probably a pretty miserable place to be. And you've certainly been around some team planes like that over the years. But I just get I get the sense and, and everyone recovering this team keeps telling me like, no, this is a good group. They're upbeat. They're together. What's it like being with that team on a day to day basis through they're, they're, wins and losses uh, seeming not irrelevant, but like, you know, they sh- the mood should be much worse based off the record. Well, it's what's relevant to them, it's like what Kyle Grisman said after the game the other night, uh, that, that they feel like they're getting better. So they're not focused on whatever it is, a seven-game losing streak. Or, or, uh, they, they feel and they know uh, in the, the eye test, the continuity test, whatever test you want to uh, say, they know that they're getting better as a team. And, and I think also, you know, Josh Robinson, the athlete, had the story about, you know, Kyle Kuzma, uh, it was was you know the Mavericks were interested in him and him and Michael Winger proposed that to Kyle Kuzma and he said no no I'm I'm staying I want to stay with the Wizards and again that didn't surprise me because you know when he re-signed this summer uh, it, it, he knew what he was coming back to who he knew he was coming back to a team that was starting over a building process and he wanted to uh, to be a part of that and I, I think it also shows how this Wizards team is is operating that. You know, uh, Kyle Kuzma says that in the summer, but do a temperature check in in February, and if and uh, because you don't want somebody that doesn't want to be here, but he very much uh, wants to be here and and be a part of this. He's won a championship, and that's uh, to say he doesn't want to win another one. But the point is, it's a different dynamic when you can put your your own handprints, footprints, whatever you want to call it, on the ultimate success of this team, and that's what's been afforded. Uh, Kyle Kuzma, and that's what has been afforded Denny Avdia, who continues to go strength for strength. And we knew this before the season. You know, the, the measuring stick will not be wins and losses, uh, but it will be because three years from now, we're not going to remember whether it was nine wins or nine, whatever. It, it's, it's, you know, did we discover players uh, that are better? 
to, uh, are they better in February than they were in November? You look at Denny Adi, you go right down the list, and Tyus Jones just had a, a career assist, 16, and he's scoring more, and he's having a career year. Um, these, are, these are all metrics that, you know, right now, quite frankly, means more than the wins and losses. Yeah, no, that's a great way to put it. Uh, the growth is the point right now, and then eventually that growth will lead to wins down the road. Dave Johnson will be on the call for it all tonight. Oh, God, Dave, game time tonight. Where are we? What's the broadcast situation? Uh, fill everybody in. 7, 7.45. And we're on, I hope we're on Team 980 because that's what I've been saying all day, but I'm pretty sure 7.45. Now, I, that part I know. I think that's correct. I, get, I just get messed yeah. up when you are not next. If I if I know that I have to toss to BetMGM tonight or you know, you know Terps right. talk or something, and then we get to Dave, then then I'm lost. But okay, seven forty five tonight. Dave will be there on your radio here on the Team Nine Eighty. Dave, have a great All Star break. We will talk to you. Uh, I'm out next week, but we'll talk to you when when I return and when you return. All right, all the best. All right, that is Dave Johnson with us here on the Hoffman Show. Uh, meanwhile, the tonight's opponent, the Pelicans, Anthony. Um, they're just they're just another team in the Western Conference, which means that they are red hot playing good basketball. Um, they are currently the sixth seed. They are six and four in their last ten games. You'd think a winning record in your last ten games and two straight wins, they're going for third or three straight tonight, would would be able to boost you up in the standings, right? Think that that would be helpful? I think so. Yeah. Well, uh, try it. No, because. Every single team in the top seven right now is at least six and four in their last 10 games. The T-Wolves, top seed in the Western Conference, they're seven and three. The Thunder are six and four. Clippers are seven and three. The Nuggets, Suns, and Pelicans are all six and four. The Mavs are seven and three. The lowly Sacramento Kings are just five and five in their last 10. And then the Lakers and Warriors are both seven and three in their last 10. The West is on fire. Yeah. I mean, I, I just think we always knew, you know, the West was loaded. And it's just, you know, I think teams are fairly healthy. They're playing up to their, you know, their standard to a to an extent. And uh, the race in the West is just going to be tight. I, if you're 10 right now, you could easily be three, like, in a month or two, like. Well, that gap's a little bit wider, but if you're uh, six right now, you yeah. could you could maybe get up. So the, the Warriors are 10 right now. They're 26 and 25. Um, the Thunder right, are the two, 37 and 17. Uh, but like the Pelicans are 32 and 22. They're 10 games over 500, which by the way, like there's some weird discrepancies in the number of games that have been played, uh, for some of these teams as well. Um, but 32 and 22 where the, uh, the, the Thunder are 37 and 17. Um, but yeah, they're the, the Clippers obviously have been on fire since they got hardened and then straightened out the kinks. Uh, the Nuggets are just plugging along at the four seed. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. uh, so you got winning teams all the way through. They're 26 and 25 are the Warriors in the 10 seed. The Hawks are 24 and 30, and they are the 10 seed in the East. Nice. <laughs> yeah. The East so. is, is always going to be the East. I, I think the, the West will always be superior, and the East will always be superior. It it, inferior. You got. I mean, inferior. In, yeah. Wow, I used the same word twice. You sure did. Nice. Uh, it's all right. We're just gonna keep it rolling. But like, I don't know. It's pretty wild, man. Because like, you know, the Hornets. Yeah. Who would, you, your, who would Pistons, your favorite be? The Pistons are eight and forty-five. The Wizards are nine and forty-four. The Hornets are twelve and forty-one. But the Hornets have a minus eleven point four point differential. Wow. That's disgusting. Yeah. That's so bad. 
What were you? What did you ask me? Uh, if you had to guess, who would your your favorite be coming out of the West? The just looking at it right now. If they can stay healthy, the Clippers actually feel good about that. Okay. If I get to put the qualifier of if they stay healthy. Now, if you ask me if the Clippers, I think the Clippers are going to stay healthy. Are the Clippers going to stay healthy? Or do you think they are? I'm going to hide under this desk now. (laughs) Ah. Because that is always. And it's crazy because Kawhi had been fairly healthy all season and he just went out with a shoulder strain. Great. Right on on cue. All right. Mitch Tischler joined us to talk about the commander's coaching situation as they hired yet another former NFL head coach, Anthony Lynn, today. Next, here on the Hoffman Show. It's the Hoffman Show on the Team 980, always live as well on the free Odyssey app. Uh, we'll get to Mitch uh, Tischler in just a moment, but uh, we will give you a sobering update from Kansas City first. Um, the There are now three people detained and under investigation in the shooting at the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl parade. There's also been a second person confirmed dead a uh, mom in these from the suburban kansas city area um unfortunately one of the things we were hearing uh, and was kind of floating around has now been confirmed by police that nine of the victims uh, or excuse me 11 of the victims are children nine children with gunshot wounds um just a terrifying day in kansas city on what should have been an ultimate celebration of joy for their chiefs winning yet another super bowl so um that is the latest from kansas city Three under arrest, uh, two dead, uh, about somewhere between 10 and 15 injured, 11 of which uh, are children. So that is the latest from Kansas City. No easy transition, no transition really, just a hard, hard, hard left turn uh, to return to talking about the commanders and their coaching staff and to get some great perspective on what is next for Washington now that they have essentially filled out their staff uh, let's bring in Mitch Tischler, our good buddy from Monumental Sports, host of the Beltway Football Podcast. Uh, Mitchell, all things considered, especially after the news of the day, how are you? Yeah, uh, I mean, doing well. It's uh, unbelievable that we're dealing this, with this again in this country. And I say unbelievable, but totally believable because nothing ever changes. And, and I don't know. At what point something does change, but it, it's got to. Yeah, I'm in. I'm into that. Well said. Um, so let, we'll just we'll stick to what we do uh, best. At least at least uh, what they pay us for, and that is to talk ball. Um, the Anthony Lynn hire is obviously the splashiest one of the day, um, and especially I don't know how where you were on the Bobby Johnson hire, but now seeing this offensive staff come together with Lynn is kind of the final piece. By the way, uh, Nikki Javala reporting that he gets the running running backs coach title on top of running game uh, coordinator. How do you feel about this this offensive staff under Cliff Kingsbury? Yeah, I mean, well, I think you have to look across the board, offense and defense, of what Dan Quinn has done, and uh, he's brought in a lot of guys who have a lot of experience, a lot of Super Bowls. You have people from all different realms of the sport, from uh, pre- former players to longtime coaches to you know guys who have been coordinators, who have been position coaches. I, I like the diversity of the of the hires that that he's made and. When you look on the offensive side of the ball, really, to me, the only question, you know, was kind of the Bobby Johnson hire, which is, you know, certainly on paper, uh, doesn't inspire a ton of confidence. Um, The one thing that I know about Bobby Johnson is that he's a fiery dude and he's going to match Dan Quinn's intensity on the practice field, you know, a la Eric Bieniemy. you know, last year, he's a guy who's not going to be quiet on the sidelines and not going to be quiet on the practice field. Now, it's all just like with Eric the enemy. It's good and great to, to yell and be loud and 
demand excellence. It's a different thing to actually produce results. So uh, certainly I'm interested to talk to Cliff and, and uh, Dan Quinn, hopefully tomorrow about kind of some of the thoughts and reasonings behind that hire, you know, him over other guys that were available, but to make a turn and then go bring in Anthony Lynn as your running back coach slash, you know, running game coordinator to me is just is such a splash and a home run hire. He's a guy who has a ton of experience uh, across the league and multiple different roles. And obviously most recently, you know, working with the Niners and that run game and, and uh, you know, and that running back in Christian McCaffrey, you can only hope that, you know, he's able to bring some of the success that we saw San Francisco uh, have in the run game and, and bring that over to Washington. Obviously, uh, we'll be able to ask Cliff about this tomorrow. Uh, the coordinators meet the press tomorrow at 2.30. We'll carry it live here on the Team 980. But it, for your, like, without getting to ask uh, your perspective, like how does, or what does the fact that he's hired Anthony Lynn, not an air raid guy, Bobby Johnson, not an air raid guy, Brian Johnson, not an air raid guy, tell you about Cliff's willingness to either adapt his offense, bring in different perspectives? Like what is the... What does that variety tell you about where Cliff is at this point in his career? Yeah, I mean, I think it's an important thing, much like we heard from Dan Quinn, uh, you know, uh, I guess last week, two weeks ago, when he spoke about kind of taking a 360 view and self-evaluating, you know, where he went. I think you can see that on a little bit, you know, more of a micro level with Cliff Kingsbury here because, you know, some of his, some of the, uh, some of the constraints of his offenses um, in Arizona were, kind of lack of a of a true running game, you know, running back running game, not necessarily quarterback running game. And the fact that his offense has got a little bit stale as the seasons went on. And, you know, we've seen offenses, you know, Chip Kelly in, in Philadelphia who want to go fast all the time and, and want to, you know, throw the ball all over the field. You know, you can wear out a defense if, if you're not successful doing that. So I like the idea of, you know, of bringing in some folks with some different views. And, and I think Brian Johnson will be – a really interesting piece um, of both the quarterback development and also kind of the, the totality of, um, of, of, the, of the run pass split uh, in a Cliff Kingsbury offense. But the one word that I've gotten so sick of hearing from commanders fans and from folks, you know, as we went through the head coaching process was, was poach. Everyone was concerned about an OC getting poached if you brought in a defensive head coach. Well, now you see an offense that has layers. There are multiple guys on this offense who have been in OC, have called plays, have been in charge of a group. And let's say the best-case scenario happens, which we're all rooting for, and this Cliff Kingsbury offense goes out and is a top-10 offense, and, you know, Cliff gets a job right away, you have layers here. Anthony Lynn can easily step in and be your next offensive coordinator. Brian Johnson might step in and be your next offensive coordinator. So you have guys who have been there and done that before, and you're creating an ecosystem where – Losing one coach isn't going to crush your entire team. Mitch Tischler, Beltway Football Pod, uh, and you guys are known to take a bet or two occasionally on that podcast. Uh, I would actually be curious if if I could get odds on Cliff or Brian Johnson getting a promotion next, and I probably would bet on Johnson. Like I, I think that it would be easier for Brian Johnson to get hired away from here as an OC next year and get poached than it would be for Cliff to to be a head coach unless this offense is like the best offense in the league next year with a rookie quarterback. Yeah, I, I agree. I think kind of one of the nice things about hiring a guy like Cliff Kingsbury is things went so bad at the end in Arizona there that I, I think there might be some hes- hesitancy around the league to hire him as, as a head coach again 
at least immediately right away without kind of a little bit of rebuilding of, of reputation there. Uh, you know, Brian Johnson didn't exactly get a fair shake in Philly last year, and he walked into a situation where it was Super Bowl or bust. And I think, you know, we can look at some of the things that are happening with the players in that locker room and recognize that, you know, I don't think it was as tight of a locker room as it may have been in previous years. And Brian Johnson was kind of the, the fall guy there as, as far as the offense went. Much like Steve Wilkes is taken right now in, in San Francisco, which is just kind of crazy that, that, that it's going down the way that it is uh, out there in the Bay Area. But I, I don't mean to, to take a sidetrack there. No, I, I the Wilkes thing is nuts to me. I just I the thing I can't get out of my head is Kyle calling that timeout as Mahomes marched down the field again at the end, and it's just like, hey, dude, they're clearly have figured out what you're doing. Can you please do something else? And I would just wonder if that moment couldn't get out of Kyle's head, or they talked after the season and there was some kind of disagreement. I don't know, but Wilkes, all Wilkes does is produce wins and get fired, and that just seems very silly. Um, on the back, Greenlaw, one of the best linebackers. In yeah, crazily blows out his ACL, you know, in the middle of the first half, and you know they still are able to hold that 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 Chiefs that Chiefs uh, offense in check. I I think this might have been a uh, a little bit of a maturity check for uh, for Kyle out there, and and I, I don't know that this is the the best move that he's made since he's uh, started taking over uh, uh, football teams. The only thing I can think of that would make sense is if someone else, like I'll throw out this name just for the most splash effect, uh, and also because I don't think of anyone else in particular, but like if Belichick called him and was like, "I'll be your DC," then you go, "Okay, sorry, Steve." Uh, we're gonna take we're gonna take Belichick, or if you know maybe he wants to go hire Brandon Staley or something, who was great as a DC for Sean um, in his one year in LA. But like, unless there's something else lined up, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Yeah, yeah, uh, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I, I I think between the amount that we've heard about kind of the relationship between John Lynch and Kyle, and obviously with Adam Peters kind of tying it in locally, I, I think you're looking at. The situation where Kyle is a very good football coach. No one's gonna, you know, say you can't say anything about his X's and O's because the offenses that he produces are very good. But I think you're seeing maybe a guy who's more situated to being a coordinator than being a uh, than being a um, a head coach. And when we look at kind of the hires around the league and you know all the consternation about what happened with you know Ben Johnson and and Detroit or whatever, you can maybe see that. You know that that the difference between being a very good football X's and O's coach and being a leader of men and somebody who can who can uh, lead a team, you know, who can lead a team year after year after year. Yeah, no, it's it's hard. I would say that you know Kyle wasn't overtime in the Super Bowl, and um, I think he's out. I I don't know. I'm on record as saying I think he's the best coach in the league, but that doesn't mean that he doesn't have flaws, and those flaws can be flared up from time to time. So, and uh, you know, the personnel management side has certainly been an area that he's had to work on. All right, uh, quickly, Mitch, on the way out here, um, the reason I was specifically excited to have you on and, and talking about this offensive staff is you love your O line play as a former O lineman yourself. How do you see the the kind of the run game, the protection stuff coming together with this staff and and knowing what Cliff has done in the past? Yeah, I mean, I, I got to be honest, it's, it's kind of hard to talk about how it's coming together because I think there's going to be wholesale changes on that offensive line until we get a better idea of kind of those guys that they're going to bring in. Uh, to me, I think Sam Cosby is the only starter that that really should be should be expected to be back in that starting role. And and if you know you draft the left tackle and you need him to you know, 
get NFL ready for a little bit. Maybe Charles Leno sticks around as, you know, kind of your gap starting left tackle. But certainly in Cliff Kingsbury offenses in the past, the ball gets out quickly and the offensive line doesn't have to, you know, hold blocks for a while. But then you look at kind of the creativeness of the 49ers run game with Anthony Lynn and you kind of have, you know, you kind of have opposing ideas of how to form an offensive line. So it's going to be interesting to see how those two work together. And Cliff is able to implement his passing game while also working with Anthony Lynn on what that running game is going to look like. Because you think about some of the mauling guys that the, that the Niners have on that offensive line, and it doesn't exactly gel with the type of passing game that Cliff Kingsbury wants to bring in. So um, it's going to be interesting to see kind of how it plays out. And I think that uh, once we hit free agency, we'll have a pretty good idea because uh, they should be looking to, to add a, a bunch of help in the first couple of days of the kind of legal tampering period uh, as we get going there. Yeah, no, it, it's going to be pretty fascinating. Uh, we did our first mock draft on Take Command today, and we wound up uh, having a pretty good selection. There was like four offensive linemen that we liked uh, at pick 40, nevertheless pick 36. So it does feel like that's ultimately going to be a direction they're going to be able to address some in the draft. But as you mentioned, free agency first, I think we'll also get a much better uh, look at things then uh, Mitch Tischler Beltway football podcast make sure that you check uh, he and JP out uh, Mitch thanks so much as always for your time here on the radio and I will talk to you soon my friend absolutely thanks so much for having me that is Mitch Tischler uh, when we get back here on the Hoffman show we will wrap up our broadcast day with real things real people said into real microphones it's the Hoffman show we're on the team 980 always live as well on the free Odyssey app. Um, just a weird day to do a sports show, to be honest. Um, obviously, uh, an eye on what's happened in Kansas City. The official police update, 21 uh, victims, one dead. Uh, again, about a dozen children being treated at Kansas City's Mercy Hospital um, with gunshot wounds. Uh, there was a, a look, there's video of... of some civilians tackling one of the gunmen who had like an AK-47 style, so an assault style weapon. Um, and you can see the gun. It's it's terrifying. And, um, you know, it's just... What I'm about to say is not a macro commentary on policing, just so no one takes it and runs with it and is like, Craig, that, blah, blah, blah. But, like, there were 800 police there and that thing made it into the crowd. And it's just like horrifying that that can happen um and that's not like a criticism necessarily i mean obviously they and and we all wish that 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 somehow someone had seen that um but it's just it's wild to physically see that weapon um that ultimately was used and and you know we've got now 21 uh people who are hurt one at the very least who is dead uh i did see a report of a second victim but uh or a second fatality but uh, one, according to the official police statistics right now, and um, the ultimate expression of American joy, Super Bowl parade, uh, leads to the ultimate American tragedy in a mass shooting. And it's just, it's a weird day to then turn around and be like, all right, so let's talk about the coaching staff. Let's go, let's go play a basketball game. But, um, you know, life, life continues forward for the rest of us and, um, Let's just hope we don't have, I guess, all you can do. I don't say this flippantly. I don't say this to, to pass the buck. It just is. Like, I just hope there are, there are fewer and far uh, far between days like this where we have to talk about these things, um, whether in sports or not, because um, it's 
It's horrible. It's tragic uh, in a very literal sense. Tragic. Um, tomorrow on the show, uh, we will, I think we're going to have Field Yates on. He put out his first mock draft. Uh, and he said he's got a super busy schedule, but he said he was going to try to find uh, a window for us. Uh, so we'll do that. Also, uh, Ant, we're going to do our first ever NBA tiers. We did NFL tiers all season long on Thursdays. Uh, we're going to do that with the NBA as we head into the All-Star break. Who are our prime contenders? Who are Who's interesting but not good enough? I think it's going to be pretty interesting to put that list together. I feel like the prime contenders list is wild in part because there isn't anybody that's separated out in the way that some of the NFL teams did. So it's going to be a fun exercise tomorrow. Probably 5.30 tomorrow. Yeah, that's good. Um, we did take command today. We did a mock draft. Uh, if you don't get a chance to listen to that, I think we'll probably play part of that for you on the show tomorrow. Anything else we got uh, dialed up, Anthony? Nah, we don't. Okay. And tomorrow's really your last day. Yeah, tomorrow's my Friday. Tomorrow's my Friday. Uh, taking I'm jealous. Family time this weekend, uh, and then and then off to. Uh, or some time off because I haven't taken time off since uh, since at least August, if not July. And I work six days a week throughout the entire season. Your boy, your boy needs a break. Yeah. And then I'm going to come back Monday, and I'm going to do the show from here, and then I'm going to go to Indy on Tuesday. So You're just on the move. On the move, bro. I'm on the move. All right. Uh, what do we have in the Real Things folder? Uh, we got a couple of things. Uh, it's time for Real Things Real People Said into Real Microphones to close out this here Wednesday edition of the show. Real things. We're not gonna be said this year. Real people. Five and eleven. Not very good. Said into real microphones. You know the culture is actually damn good. All right, it's Valentine's Day. Anthony went all out for Valentine's Day. Um, he, good, good job out of you, sir. Uh, but perhaps if you need a little help, the Brooklyn Nets are here with their best pickup lines. Hey, how you doing? What's your name? Oh, that's nice. You look lovely. Okay, cool. That's all I got. That's all I got. You look lovely. Hope I can win with that. I believe in following my dreams. Can I have your Instagram? There you go. That's not gonna work. <laughs> can I do a new one? That's terrible. Is your name Google? Because you have everything I've been searching for. That's good. That's good. All right. Do you believe in love at first sight, or should I walk by again? Classic. Ooh, I must be in heaven because there's an angel sitting right in front of me. Is your name Wi-Fi? Because I think I'm feeling a connection. Life without you is like a broken. All right, let me do that again. Life without you is like a broken pencil. Pointless. Are you from Tennessee? Because you're the only ten I see. Come on, man. Do, do you have a good line? There's a couple. There's a couple decent ones in there. No. My go-to uh, was, uh, do you have a Band-Aid? I scraped my knee falling for you. Oh. <laughs> gotcha. Did that ever work? No. Yeah, no. You want to know why? Because pickup lines don't work. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Uh, Wizards basketball in an hour here on the Team 980.